All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Rolling through Monday afternoon, the Jason Greger Show, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. It's your digital home for online gambling excitement, including casino, live dealers, lottery instance, and sports betting. Check it out today at playalberta.ca. Use the promo code SPORTS20 and get a free $20 wager. We will have our uh, three play coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour today. So, tough weekend. Tough weekend. A few, uh, few upsets. Not surprising. It happens. That's how it goes. So Jason Greger alongside uh, Terry Ryan. Um, and TR, the whole point of a, of a rant is to get people fired up. Uh, some people loving it. Some people wondering. Uh, uh, well, this one actually made me laugh. I want to read it to you. Harry says, uh, he's a little grumpy to it. Maybe it's because uh, because Neptune's just on a different axis. So there you go, TR. Maybe that's explaining it. Right? It's all, about, it's all I, Neptune's hey, fault. Okay, I knew I'd upset some people, but hey, it was pushed on me, and I don't like anybody to be pushy with me, especially when it comes to spiritual stuff. I'll, I'll pick myself, you know? Okay. I like it. Uh, we are live in the Ewell studio. Of course, uh, proudly sponsored by your local electrical distributor, and they tell you to uh, stick by for an electrifying show that's going to light up the rest of your day. That is Ewell, E-W-E-L dot C A. Jason Greger alongside uh, Terry Ryan. You can always get involved in the show. You can uh, text us in our Jiffy Lube uh, inbox, 833-401-1440, or uh, email us, Gregor, at sports1440.ca. We are going to get to our uh, big guest of the day now, brought to you by the Hockey Super League, a premier hockey solution with a clear path for long-term development, offering uh, borderless hockey, including provincial and cross-province competition. Check out hockeysuperleague.ca 
for more information. And uh, we welcome in uh, uh, a lady who has uh, traveled all over. What a busy summer from the World Cup, obviously, to the uh, World Championships. Some record-breaking first-time results ever for Canada. So lots to discuss. We welcome in our weekly Monday contributor, Andy Petrillo from uh, uh, Sports One and CBC Sports. Andy, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm great. How are you? I am. I am excellent. It's it's been a busy uh, summer for you, which is fantastic. So le- I want to start first of all with um, you know, there's lots of news in soccer since I spoke to you last. Obviously, you know the Women's mm-hmm. World Cup, and and it was it was kind of a shocker where a lot of the favorites you know didn't go as deep as they want. But I think that's a good thing at times because it shows that the the depth in the women's game is expanding. You have more countries involved that are legit competitors to it. What did you make of the women's cup overall? And, and I guess, uh, and then secondly, uh, how you felt Canada played. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more complicated when you, when you obviously talk about the women's game, because there were so many incredible firsts, as you mentioned, uh, jumping up to 32 teams. So you have this greater player pool and country pool, which also means like there are some greater underdog stories. You also had an increase in the prize money, um, for the first time ever, FIFA individually negotiated the women's broadcast rights. So there's all this kind of stuff that was, you know, really great. Obviously, we know the cloud um, that overshadowed the Spanish women's win. And then from a local perspective, a Canadian perspective, you know, the Canadians are knocked out of the group stage. First time in over a decade that that's yeah. happened. And there was a lot of hype going in with them being the reigning Olympic champions. Although, you know... It, and I never, I don't want to take that away from them because being an Olympic champion, it's hard to do. It's exceptional, but the Olympics and the World Cup truly are two different tournaments. And that's why, you know, as much as they went in as the Olympic champs and that did create some sort of target on their back, it's just a completely different game at the World Cup level. So yeah, it was really disappointing not to see them get out of the group. Yeah, very disappointed, I think, after that. But they weren't the only one. There there was quite a few teams, I think, that went in there with higher sure. expectations than they wanted. So, you know, that can be a good thing. And then the, the second big story now, of course, John Herbman leaves the men's national program. He's going to coach uh, Toronto uh, FC. What, what do you, where, where do you feel the men's program is at? And what, what should they be looking for? Do you see an obvious choice to lead this program? I don't. I don't see an obvious choice yet. I mean, Mauro Biello, who was the assistant coach, is going to be on an interim basis. He's somebody who has Major League Soccer experience. He's also coached the team during Olympic qualification. So he has experience with a lot of those younger players. There's this belief that he'd be a little bit more willing to rotate the lineup in that sense and give maybe some younger players a go. Uh, You know, some people feel like one of the knocks against Herdman was perhaps a little too much of a commitment to the older players and the veterans. Stop me if you've heard this story before. I know we've also talked about that in hockey. Uh, but, you know, so I, I think with, with Herdman leading, where is this team? I think it's in a really good place. You have okay. superstars. You have Alfonso Davies. You have Jonathan David. You have Kyle Laren. You have Tejan Buchanan, Stephanie Stacchio. I can go on and on and on uh, with, with where the, the men are. And I think John Herdman was exceptional for this program when they needed him because at that time I mean these guys are still young but they they didn't win the trophies with their pro teams that they now have so he still had this young team he gave them confidence he motivated them he gave them faith in quite frankly a program that has been horrible for decades and he made them believe in themselves but I also believe as exceptional as Herdman was for this program I think he also took them as far as he could 
And I think he also saw the writing on the wall. We'll get into, you know, obviously now he's entering the pro game in Major League Soccer with Toronto FC. But I really do feel like he took them as far as he could go. Uh, and I think everything that he's done, he should receive immense credit for that and recognition for that. But I also think the timing was right for him to also go on to his next challenge. And I think what you need here is you need somebody who can really uh, master the X's and O's of the game. Because again, now you're talking about players who have won multiple trophies with their pro teams. You're talking about players who have been under some of the best managers in the world. They're going to spot a phony a mile away. So you just need somebody, I think, who, who understands the culture here, who understands the history here, and more importantly, just understands the tactics of the game that can take this team to the next level. Because coaching at a home World Cup is going to be a big deal. Andy, a few years ago, um, the, the men and the women achieved a high level of success. And it seemed that they were destined for greatness. Well, that's in the eyes of the beholder. I mean, th- they were in some ways destined for greatness, which they've already achieved. But let's say Herdman leaving yeah. and with finances structurally, I know there's been some questions. How do we stand here hosting the World Cup in a couple of years, uh, I guess, from an organizational level here? Are we, are, are we, do, we, do we have our ducks in a row? Nah, there's no, there's no CBA uh, that's been signed They're They're still very much in a labor dispute. And, you know, we've, we've heard of certain reasons why, I mean, obviously the main thing, the players, they want transparency. They want to see the finances. They want to understand them. They want to know, uh, you know, what is Canada soccer doing to bring in the most money that it can bring in? How is it being spent between the national teams? Of course, the women very much on top of, equal structure, equal pay, equal resources, um, you know, and then there's little things, right? Like imaging, marketing rights. Um, so understanding what's being done there. How are like, how are you generating income and then how are you dispersing it? Um, and obviously I don't want to completely get into, you know, the nitty gritty and maybe even bore some people with it. But, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, the players themselves are not necessarily on the same page either and what I mean by that is the men and women um you know they have to obviously come together and agree because I'm calling it the big deal right like this is the big deal the women have always had their own deal the men have actually never been unionized so they've never really had a deal with Canada soccer they've had certain things in place and certain understandings um but now for the first time ever the men have representation so they're coming together these two sides the men and women's national team and they're trying to come up with the big deal which is what the americans sign but you have to literally agree on splitting everything equally are the players there yet some would suggest no so that's why a deal isn't getting signed um but where are we for 2026 i mean and that's so going back to a manager even that question there jason like if i'm a manager i'm probably looking at Canada Soccer saying, okay, if I come coach your team, like, are you guys going to get your ducks in order? Are you guys going to sign this deal? And by the way, the men have actually boycotted a game. Now it's a little bit different when you're unionized. It's not so easy to do that. Right. But if I'm a manager, I'm still going, hey, you're going to boycott a game on me? Or, or are you going to show up or is this going to happen again? So, of course, it's going to lead a new manager to ask those types of questions before they come on board. So, it's a roundabout way, Terry, to say that it's still a mess, but I just really hope that as they work on that behind the scenes, they can still get their act together on the pitch. Because coming up, September 22nd and September 26th, the women have two massive qualifying games against Jamaica. This is it. This is their last chance to qualify for the Olympics. 
They're the defending gold medalists. It'll be absolutely heartbreaking if they don't actually go to Paris 2024. They will not be there to defend their gold. Um, so these two games coming up are massive. You got to put everything else aside. You have to be able to concentrate inside those white lines. We'll see if they can do it. Here in Canada, track and field, I mean, it's popular. I don't think it's covered as much as many of the other sports. Hmm. Once in a while, you get drips of success in the media. I see Michael, I hope I'm saying this right, A Rope. I think I'm saying that right. Won the, won oh, the Marco, 800. Yeah. A, a Rope. A Rope. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Michael A Rope. So he wins the 800 World Championship. Now, what's his ceiling? Yeah. And do we have any other men or women? on the bubble coming up uh, that we should be looking out for? So I will say I had an absolute blast in Budapest, Hungary, covering the World Athletics Championships, despite it being 40 degrees and I was a hot mess the entire time. (laughs) I gave up trying to look good on air. I mean, some would argue I don't anyways, but that's fine. It was just disgusting. Like when I say dripping sweat, like I think I was doing one of my on-air hits and I can see like a droplet on my eyelash that had like come down from my forehead, made its way through my eyebrow. And I was just like watching it dangle. I'm like, oh, God. Anyways, all that to say, this was an incredibly successful world championships. You mentioned Marco Rope. So gold in the 800 meter. Um, this guy's ticked off, man. He didn't make the final at the Tokyo Olympics. Crashed and burned in the semifinal. He's been motivated ever since. So now he's gone and he's now finally won that world title. So he is gunning for gold uh, in Paris. And I, I, I pretty much think he's unstoppable. He's still ranked number one in the world. Um, his dedication, and as you know, between the ears, that intangible, you can't really explain like what really pushes and motivates. So I think, if anything, the world title just made him hungrier um, and motivated him even more. Like he's not, he's not satiated. So he was phenomenal. And for the first time, some people would argue ever, Maybe I'll just be safe and say for the first time in a long time, because there's always somebody who's going to correct me from like, well, 50 years ago. Um, But for the first time in a long time, we're talking about the field events for Canada. So both our hammer throwers capture gold, which is pretty incredible. And then um, obviously in shot put as well with with Sarah Mitten. So, you know, in in hammer throw, it was pretty uh, incredible what uh, the Canadians were able to do. And uh, then in shot put. And then I, I guess in some ways you can consider decathlon, a field event too. A yeah. lot of stuff is field. Um, so to have the world uh, champion and, and Pierce Lepage and then Damian Warner, who's the Olympic champ, you know, finish silver behind him. It's a big deal. I mean, guys, there's a lot to be excited about with track and field for Canada. Oh, and honestly, like, you know, Cameron Rogers, what she did, like it to me, when you look at, at all the golds and events that we've never won before as, as a country, it, yeah. it just bodes super well. And, you know, A-Rob being here from Edmonton, uh, I, I know a few kids in town yeah. that have had the opportunity to, you know, have him, like they've ran and he's done some speaking engagements with young kids and they rave about him. And just what a what a nice down-to-earth guy is. Obviously, he's yeah. fiercely competitive, but when you just, you look at his body type, like, I agree, like, I'm like, how's someone going to beat him in the 800? Like to me, his biggest competition Mm. might be himself. Just stay healthy because he is an absolute force. He is. And he is, he's salt of the earth kind of people too. And I just love it when you meet these athletes who are just also phenomenal human beings. He was actually scouted in basketball. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was offered a basketball scholarship. It was to Canadian university. Um, but at the time, he had also been scouted by a coach to to do track, and he went to his track coach and and said, you know, what should I do? 
and obviously the track coach is a little biased, but said like, I feel like you could accomplish more yeah. on the track side of things. Like you could truly be a star. Whereas in basketball, maybe you make the team, maybe you don't, you know, maybe you're the star on the team, maybe you're not, but I really see star potential in track. And he listened to the coach and now look, he's a world champion. And I, you know, he wants to be called an Olympic champ as well. So it's, it's pretty incredible what he's doing. Oh, it's amazing. Now, before we let you go, Andy, um, I'm curious, what, what's your sign? Oh, I heard you guys talking about that, which is so funny. I'm Aries. Are you, now, do you believe... So I'm a fire sign. A fire sign. Do you believe in astrology? Like, is it accurate? Like, when you read the Aries description, I'll be honest, I don't know. I'm not a big person. I, I'm not against it. I'm not necessarily for it. I, I've read the Scorpio one once or twice, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see some of these uh-huh. things. But how close are you a representative of Aries? I actually am close. I mean, Aries are just jerks, man. But like, I I mean, we're, uh, (laughs) we really are. Because we're like, we're the leaders, we're aggressive, we're arrogant, we're obnoxious. I'm like, yup, yup, yup. So like, check, check, check. Of course. I mean, do I read the signs and say, today is a good day for me to make a financial investment because Saturn's in Pluto and in the moon and up your, you know what? No, no. I don't, I don't follow it to that extent, um, but I will I will confess that I may or may not have the ram's horns and some fire tattooed on me somewhere on my body. Oh. So, to an extent, to okay. an extent, All right. I do look at the signs and just kind of, you know, understand personalities maybe a little bit okay. more. Nice. Well, I like that? it. Well, we learned something today that you have at least one tattoo, we know, so we'll find out as we go along on Mondays if there's a... <laughs> Any more tattoos and what they are. I know TR's got a few. So I have virgin skin. I don't have any tattoos. So, um, oh, you know. baby skin. So, yeah, yeah okay. that's right. That's soft, smooth. I'm probably a little wrinkly now, but still, it's, uh, it's all right. Uh, Andy, <laughs> uh, I very much look forward to having you on uh, every Monday on the show. Have yourself a wonderful week, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Me too. Great talk, guys. See you later. That Thanks. is uh, Andy Petrillo from uh, One Soccer, also, of course, on uh, CBC. Very talented and uh, Hey, she's got she's got the Aries tattoo. This is this is good to create a conversation, TR. Yeah, yeah, I've polarized half the audience, and I know that. First person has not only hey, she goes, well, you know, I kind of pay attention. She's got a tattoo on her body, permanent <laughs> ink. Yeah, right. I've I've offended a lot of people. I knew I would, but whatever. That's my thoughts. Oh, that's great. I love I it. it. Uh, right. Jason Gregor, uh, Terry Ryan, with you on the uh, Monday edition of the Jason Gregor Show on Sports fourteen. 40. We have five questions coming up. Uh, spec. Also, Robbie Shrimp, who is now uh, executive director of uh, the Hong Kong Tigers in uh, in hockey. We'll, t- we'll talk to him about that coming up uh, later on in the uh, program. We've got a lot of texts uh, to get to. Uh, also, we have a lot of requests about one story that I've yet to hear, but clearly Terry's told it somewhere. We will uh, talk about that when we return next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, you can get involved. You can text us at 833-401-1440 or email us, Gregor, at sports1440.ca, Connor at sports1440.ca, and our Jiffy Lube inbox. Oh, this is a good tune. Woo! Nice. Awesome. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great day. If you're listening on Sports 1440, online at sports1440.ca, if you have subscribed, and if you haven't, what are you waiting for? Get on our YouTube channel for Orders Nation. You can uh, enjoy the show watching it. we got lots of comments uh, going on there. You can uh, chime in as well. 
And, of course, uh, Terry Ryan joining it. Now, TR, when uh, is it November when you're filming next? Um, if so, it hasn't been announced, but I think they're leaning towards that. If we were to do it, it would definitely be uh, November, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're, uh, we're getting closer. Now, do you have to, like, I know, you you know, when you're an NHL player, you're training to be in shape, right? You're working out. Uh, do you train to be in shape for Shorzy? Like, what are you doing? Like, are you standing in front of the mirror? Like, you know, obviously you got to memorize your lines. How long does it take for you to, to memorize a, you know, like a, do you just do one episode at a time? How does it work when you're preparing? Yeah. So you get, you get sent the script ahead of time. By the time you get there, the night before, it, it'll, it, you know, we, we shoot it out of order. It'll come the night before, which scene, which episode, right? So you got your storyline, really, and you, you, I mean, the script, and you open it up. And I, what I, this is what I do. I mean, some people wait till the day of. I like to know going in. So I just highlight all my lines, go through them. Like I said, I worked on different shows. Uh, on, on Shorzy, we tend to, do, like, some scenes are long. Some scenes are 20 pages, pages plus. For those that are in the industry, you know, that's a lot. I, I've worked on Hudson and Sick or Hudson and Rex. We're in our sixth year now, I believe, season six, and I've never seen a scene more than six pages. Okay. So we frequently do them more than twenty. I think it's 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 also the by design as well. You know, we're in the locker room a lot, and you know, there's a lot of people speaking. But it, so it's it's not so much the overwhelming amount of lines that I might have. It's when to chime in, and you gotta you gotta. It can't be that you're memorizing it. You got to memorize it and be acting. So the first bunch, you're just kind of memorizing to chime in at the right time. That's why when we're on the road there, we we often stay close and we just go over the scenes the night before. Again, not all actors do that, but as hockey players, we get together. It might be a beer or two involved. It's just easier to go through it all. That's what I do in that in that sense. Yeah, okay. that's how I prepare. That makes sense. You can send your text eight zero three. Or sorry, 833-401-1440. Put in your phone once, just save it under Sports 1440, and boom, you've got it. 833-401-1440. Hey, Terry, big fan of Hudson and Rex, but I have a hard time digesting the portrayed frequency of murders in St. John. LOL. What's up with that, Dunner in North Van? Well, thanks, Dunner. I don't know if it was you or Dunner that needs to add the S onto that because it's St. John's, not St. John. St. John's in New Brunswick. It's a ways away. It's a nice place. St. John's is in Newfoundland. Where I am. Um, Yeah, well, same thing. with There was a show a little while ago called Republic of Doyle where I got my start. And, you know, my buddy Alan Hawke was the lead writer and actor, played Jake Doyle. Same sort of thing. I mean, that show I know was going to take place in Toronto, but uh, for, for many reasons, it's uh, it's it's it was more desirable to do it here, especially that there was a lot of Newfoundlanders. And then once once that happened, I think I think Hudson and Rex, you know, it, it it's similar in that it's kind of a detective slash cop show that takes place in St. John's. So I know there's really I don't know what our crime level actually is, but I know that it's one of the lower rates in Canada, North America by extension. And uh, no, there's no reason to be afraid, but it does make for a good plots and TV show for sure. I like it. So now. Um, we've had lots of requests for this. Um, can you tell me, or our audience, more importantly, if you can uh, regale us with your Mike Milbury draft day or draft interview story? What happened? Uh, because Struts has had some uh, interesting uh, Mike Milbury stories over the years. Um, mm. Do you have a, like, is it a draft day, draft interview story? What's the Mike Milbury story? Well, first of all, it is a draft story. It's the day before the draft. Okay. Um, now, 
I would really have to frame the punchline a lot differently because this is uh, this is a show that um, I'm guessing I can't curse on, right? Yeah, well, so the punchline is a very does it rhyme? derogatory term. Okay, does it rhyme with puck? That's in there, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And it's the act of it. It's not just the word. Oh, I'm, I'm explaining yeah. the act mm-hmm. of what that means. So oh, okay. I can tell it if you like, or you can just buy my book or check it out online. By all means, I can try to, uh, what's so, the word, bubble well, if, wrap if, it. If it's not, yeah, because if it ruins a story by uh, having to take out certain verbiage, then uh, we won't ruin the story. So uh, Not only, but I don't know if it'll ruin it, Jason. Sorry to cut you off. I just think it might... Astrology, okay, whatever. But I think this might offend people. I do. Uh, oh, okay. So it's that bad. All right. Well, I think it, well, which book or was that it in? Good. Yeah, I guess it depends. Which book is it in? My first one. Okay. It's probably the most popular your... story in it, to be honest. I get asked this a lot. And it happened right there in Edmonton. Is it the Royal York? It's one of those. Or the hot- or Crown Plaza, maybe? Is there a hotel downtown there? Oh, there is the, the Crown the... There is the Crown Plaza downtown. Um, there, that, that's the, where it took place. The Hotel Mac. Uh, there's a few other big ones. So, all right. Okay. Well, because I've read your second book, but I didn't read your first book. So now, now you know what? There's a good little uh, sales pitch to go uh, read your first book. I'll have to get on that. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, who knows? Maybe you, maybe you can uh, proofread or listen because I told it online. I think it's one of the chiclet stories. Uh, and then if you want, I can tell it next time. Like I said, I, I don't want to offend anybody. It is a decent story. I think it's a great story, but I know who we're talking to here and anybody can be listening. And who- Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Knows you don't want to be more polarizing than I already was with astrology. Okay, well, that's fair. That's a, although I will say there's very few... Who were uh, very offended by your astrology views? Most, uh, most were kind of chuckling. But I do have this one from Farmer Scott. Do you read fortune cookies? Same reason. No, I. I mean, I will to have a little bit of fun. But uh, my daughter and I, or something, will open it up. But you know, I put as much weight in that as I do. 
you know, flipping a coin, whatever. It's all chance. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and by the way, by the way, by the way, JG, I do work out for Shorzy. You asked me that earlier. Mm-hmm. Season two, you will see not to give too much away, but part of the part of my whole nature of the show is that I worked out, I put on weight, and I'm oh, back. Oh, so okay? you're, you're bigger, faster, stronger, like all the for NHL players. You're more than anything, yeah. Oh, okay. Bigger, faster, stronger. Now, the other question was, after you fought Domi, did you get to go on a date with the girl that you told that you would fight Domi? She's now married to my good friend. No. Oh. no. But we're, we're friends, you know. In a, I consider this, all this many years later, I guess being 30 years almost, uh, we're still good friends, and we still live in Mount Pearl, my hometown here, or she lives just outside. Married to one of my real, real good buddies I grew up and played hockey with on the Mount Pearl Blades since I was eight years old. Okay. And they're unbelievably happy with kids I see all the time at the soccer field now that play with and against my daughter, Penny Lane. So it worked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it worked out. That's great. Now, I do have to ask you about, you know, here you are, and, you know, you're 10 days away from, from training camp. Um, the Edmonton Order's roster is pretty much set for the most part. You've yeah. You've got maybe a few spots up for grabs on the fourth line. Like there's there. And if you're a veteran player, well, you probably feel good. You never feel a hundred percent good. Um, the game has changed now. It's not like you can come in and, and really make a name for yourself fighting. There's just not a lot of fights anymore, right? Like that doesn't yeah. happen. So you sure you can be physical, but if you're a guy like Raphael Lavoie, who's, yeah. you know, he's coming in now, what is like, how does he ensure? Because to me, I've always heard, just make sure you get noticed. Right. And scoring is the obvious easy way to get noticed, but it's hard to do. So if you're Raphael Lavoie and you are giving him advice, what advice do you give him before camp? Because this is probably the best chance and maybe the first chance he's really had an opportunity to make this team and to ensure that, you know, he puts his best skate forward once training camp begins. It was simple. Uh, I would for sure go in and make sure I got noticed. Now, look. That I know what you're saying, fight, but look, he's a big guy too. He's a prospect. He's a big guy. I believe he had a better second half than first. I know oh, yeah. he finished with 25 goals down there he, in like 60 games. Yeah, he was down there. He was their best player in their last four months of the season. I heard he was on unbe- before I knew I was going to do this show. I heard he was unbelievable at the last part of last season. I don't know if that means playoffs or going down. I heard he had like one goal in the first 10 or 12 games. So I I believe that he turned it on now, and he's big. Okay, he. It's a little different. I identify a little bit more with Holloway, especially in this position, um, being that I believe Holloway can get sent down and you're not burned, right? Yes. Um, yeah, right? So I've been there, and he shoots left, and so did I. I mean, I, I saw the world through his eyes. Uh, as far as Lavoie, I don't know. I'd be first in line. I would hit everything that moved. I know there's not a lot of fighting, but it certainly wouldn't hurt, I wouldn't think. You know, I'd grab a veteran player and hurt them. But whatever, I would lend it, whatever, I'm going to go do it. I would block shots. I would just go the extra mile. I know that sounds easy, but I, not everybody does it, man. Just go out. And, and for me, um, you know, it's going to sound silly, but I would, you know, it, there's a way to, to to talk to a coach without seeming like you're sucking up, you know, like be really interested. Okay. If you're out there and you, you know, you're really curious, open your mouth. I used to sit there and go, okay, um, what, you know what, I'll just see what Valerie Bure does, and then I'll do that. Or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just go last. And, and that wasn't the right approach. Be, be positive, be confident. And I'm sure other guys, I heard McDavid, uh, you know, DeHarnese had some nice things to say about him, you know, after the game, uh, you know, when he apologized about making a pass. I think McDavid said, you know what, it's all right. I don't care about stats. I want to win. 
right? But but just the fact that DeHarnay was vocal, that he got to hear that, that's part of the learning process. So for me, I'd be as vocal as possible. I would hit everything that moved. They already know you got a little bit of talent. I mean, there's got to be some luck there. But, yeah, that's what I would do. And equally, like I said, I identify with Holloway more. Yeah, young guy who's – I think Dylan Holloway is going to get a chance here. To start camp, I think he's on a third line, kind of penciled in with McLeod and Fogel, and then it's up to him to maintain that. Right. Um, he obviously, he's a young guy who can go to the minors. Luckily for Edmonton, it's not like, or luckily for him, I should say, like Matthias Janmark, I'm not sure at this stage is like a third line guy. You know what I mean? Like he can probably moonlight there, but I think ideally if Dylan Holloway is just decent and doesn't soil the sheets, Terry, I think he'll get an opportunity to come out of camp and then go into the regular season. And then obviously confidence can change from veteran to rookie to whoever. It's amazing how it impacts players' seasons year to year. But um, I, I, I think you're on to something. Like Philip Broberg might be the one guy that I know is total different position, but he's the guy who's they're looking and say, geez, we want this guy to play. But, man, like we don't want him sitting in the press box or playing five minutes a night. So if, if he can't beat out DeHarnay, I wonder if they can contemplate potentially sending him to the minors, even if it's for a month, just to play 20 minutes a night. I think that's an option. The other thing I think, and especially I remember going through this, again, my career is not one to look at and say, oh, you know, he can talk from experience. Look, I, I can from the point of view of going to camp and looking at what I needed to do. Again, my injury happened, but barring that, I learned a lot when I was up there, and if I learned anything when it comes to opening nights and teams, I really don't think it matters. It used to be for me. I remember by my third year going, okay, this is like a 48, however many it is, 48 roster. Like whoever starts the year, it's not really going to matter. In three months, it's going to look different, and the playoffs, it's sure as hell going to look a lot different. So honestly, who's going to make the team opening night? I don't even – it goes in one ear and out the other kind of lately. It's, I just look at what they got to work with. And eventually, I do think they'll figure exactly what it would do with Broberg, Holloway, Lavoie. He's definitely the most intriguing to me is Raph because of his size and the end of the year he had. And I just haven't seen as much of him as I have the other players. But, uh, you know, I look at it as just one big organization. And whoever starts the opening night who happens to be there, who's healthy, who had a good camp. But 82 games, man, a lot of changes. Well said. Uh, Jason Gregor, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440. You can text us. At uh, eight oh three two or eight three three two zero one fourteen forty. You'd think I should know the text line by now, but uh eight three three four oh one fourteen forty. And uh, you can email us Gregor at sports fourteen forty dot We'll return with uh, five questions. Uh we have spec, also uh Robbie Shrimp coming up before the top of the hour, and uh, a little fantasy focus as well. 4.43, rolling through a busy Monday. Man, what a great show. If you missed any of our guests today, of course, we had Warren Moon, Andy Petrillo, uh, Bronte, uh, Terry Ryan, of course. Uh, got more coming up. A fantastic uh, roster of regular guests and guests are going to pop in from now and then. So it's awesome. Uh, text line is humming. at of course, 833-401-1440. Lots of good comments also going on in the uh, live chat at uh, Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Check it out. Uh, hey, guys, uh, I love Hudson and Rex. Also, I announced my first pregnancy through custom fortune cookies. And that one comes from Elisa, a.k.a. Allie, the sports fan. So there you go, uh, custom fortune cookies. Hey, maybe there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Dare to dream. No, Got to try. You got to try. Why not? Who uh, can't be against anything at this point? Although, really, when you're announcing a pregnancy, if you do it funny like that, I don't just... Now, I, we, I would love to ask Elisa, who did you announce your pregnancy to? 
Was it like a close oh, circle of friends or was it I everyone? See. Right. Because that's. I That's see question, that. Okay, I, right? I didn't get what what Alyssa was Alyssa uh, was saying. Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Um, that, that, I do. We we have a few comp. Like we're we're only one weekend, but there's been a lot on my mind that I've experienced over the summer that I will bring out in different topics. I'll save one of them for Thursday because I'm very curious about your uh, responses because I've just I've noticed it, and maybe I'd, maybe it's been on forever and I just haven't noticed it. But there's one thing that I noticed, and I feel like. I gotta say something about it. Like some people might not like it, but I just feel like there's we've jumped the shark. We've jumped the shark in one social media element that needs to be reeled back in. So that's coming up on Thursday. We'll get to that. Good. Now let's get to uh, five questions brought to okay. you by the Brick. The uh, tents are up and the sales are on. Man, unbelievable! Sixty percent off listed prices. Stop in right now if you're looking for a great deal at the Brick and the Brick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys. Question number one. I believe it is now eight NHL franchises after the Vancouver Canucks and Quinn uses their 15th captain in the NHL. How important do you think it is in this day and age to have someone wearing the singular C on the sweater? TR? Okay, so I think each... It's a judgment call. I don't think this is a question that you can just blanket generalize every team. For example, a few years ago, I think even two years ago, didn't the Canadians have no captain? Mm-hmm. But really, you could tell that they, you know, they were out of the playoffs. They were grooming somebody. Ended up being Suzuki. Makes sense. But he probably needed an extra year. I think he was 19 or 20 when they decided that. Um, for example, if Blackhawks don't have one, I mean, they might. One of those bets they brought in. But if they don't, eh, they're probably waiting on Bedard in a couple of years, right? Yet... If the Leafs or the Oilers didn't have one, you'd say, well, why isn't Connor McDavid captain? What's he so is he a bad teammate? You know, well, what's with those big four in Toronto? They can't have a captain. You know, so not that you need to listen to outside noise. And last year I talked about who should be captain. And we can't be all commenting on that because we don't know in the room. But I think sometimes the situation you, you need one and sometimes you don't. If all things being equal, equal just objectively, if there was no fans involved, no pressure from the outside noise, no media. Inside the room, no. I, I, tell you, I can remember all of the leaders I played with on any team in any league. I don't recall who was captain, and not every time. you know. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't think that having a C changes it. I also think there is something. It's in professional sports. It's been part of it. And, you know, Suzuki, they're like, hey, we want him to be captain in the future. Okay. But I, I, don't, I don't think naming your best player the captain is always the best way to go about it, especially for young 19, 20, 21-year-old guys. Like, what's the point? Give it to a veteran, and you know what? Tell the veteran, hey, you're going to be the captain, but in a few years, we might give it to the young guy. I think I think any sane veteran would be like, yeah, I understand that, so that's part of my job as captain is to help prepare him, so I'll hand it off to him. You don't have to take it from me. We'll do what Lee Fogland did where he said, hey, Gretz, now it's your turn. You're ready. You can be the captain. But he wasn't the captain the first years because he wasn't ready for it. Like, what the hell is he going to say? Okay, guys, let's work hard. Like, Bedard doesn't know he doesn't know anything about the NHL, right? Like, he probably could be no. really good, but that doesn't mean he's a captain. So I think some teams, they're they're like, well, we got this young guy. We got the young guys aren't going to get mad if they're not the captain in the first three years of their contracts. Right? Like, I don't know if I've ever met a player who was like, yeah, three years in the league, I'm in the NHL. I can't believe I'm not captain. Like maybe I'm wrong in that, but I don't think they ever think that way. And and just to add one thing to that, 
exp- everybody's experience, experience, unquote, quote, unquote, the word experience doesn't mean the same for everybody. Yes. I remember playing, I don't know, a guy like Stefan Quintal. His experience was, or, or, or uh, Darcy Tucker or, or Scott Thornton, these guys had to work a little bit harder to get that regular spot. And, you know, they're, maybe they're at the rink a lot earlier. And not if it doesn't come for granted when you're younger, then, you know, you, your experience is one of a rugged worker that listens, that's focused, that's determined. Connor McDavid's experience is how to deal with being such a big celebrity prospect coming in and then bringing yourself to the level of everybody else that they can look at you as a peer. Everybody leads in different ways, and experience is so general that for that exact same reasoning, I, I don't think that each situation you can just have a definitive answer. I think it's a judgment call to each team. All right, guys, question number two. Who is the biggest surprise in the NFL so far in week one? It can be good or bad. Well, that's a tough question because there's lots of surprises, both good and bad. I will say the biggest surprise for me was how many players across the league offensively didn't have catches on guys that you would expect to be heavily involved in their offense. T. Higgins, London, you know, Sky Moore. I didn't say that because Kelsey was injured. Right? You go in Goddard. Go down the list, man. Like There was lots of guys who, who might have had one catch. Like And London had one target. Never mind zero catches. So I was a little surprised by how many offensive players were virtually non-existent. For me, the Lions... That upset was a bit surprising. The Cowboys, Jordan Love, a lot of people are surprised, although I got confidence in that guy. I still think there's a lot we don't know. But for me, it was Tua down in Miami. I forgot he was thrown to Tyreek Hill, first of all. That slipped my mind. I think out of sight, out of mind for so long. But because he had a concussion, and I really wasn't sure if he was going to come back, and it's probably the storyline I was rooting for the most as an athlete who had a concussion in the past. I can't imagine being an NFL quarterback in that situation, trying to come back knowing that you're going to get labeled. You know, you can't jump out of the way for a lot of those. And even even just a light sack hurts. So I, I don't know. For me, it was as much you know, elation as an athlete to see someone succeed that maybe a lot of people hadn't counted on for other reasons. And he looks strong, man. He's throwing that thing. He was moving around the pocket. I like that guy, and I think that maybe I underrated him coming in. Question number three, up at Play Alberta tonight, uh, looking at the Bills and Jets, the Bills' slight favorites. The over-under set at 44.5 points. Where's the money going tonight, guys? I can't hear you guys anymore. Hmm. Volume went off. Oh. Okay. Oh, let me let me answer that again, TR. You got me now? Yeah, got you. All right, okay. I'm just looking at play Alberta, Bills, Jets tonight. Bills, slight favorites. The over-under is 44 and a half. Uh, where would the money be going tonight? Ooh, Bills, Jets. Okay, so I got the Bills. Part of that is is uh, my bias wanting for Rodgers to lose. Uh, I used to like the guy, and he's pulled so much unteam-like um, just – you know, me, 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 weird. I, I don't like the the avenue this guy's going. It seems more selfish than team-like. So I'm really, for that reason, I hope he fails in New York. Uh, but I know they. Ha- I was surprised they had a way better defense last year than I thought. And that's got to mean something. He's reunited with his offensive coordinator. So I got every reason to think the Jets are going to do well. But I like Jake Allen, and I, I like this new kid, Dalton Kincaid. It's a little thing. I mean, it's hard to keep track of every prospect coming up, but he looks good. I hope they connect. And for reasons that are totally personal, I've got uh, Buffalo winning by a lot. All there right. You go. So I will take the over 
because uh, I took the under on Friday in the Elks game, and uh, for once the under actually hit, so uh, that's good. Um, so I'm going to take the over. I think it. You know what? After something tells me this game might be as highly as entertaining as the. I hope, and maybe I'm just hoping, like the Miami Chargers game. That was usually the best game of the weekend, no question. And uh, there's lots of potential on both sides. Uh, I also want the Bills to score a lot of points simply because the guy I'm playing has the Jets defense. So go Bills. I mean, if it's like that Chargers-Dolphins game, I'm just praying for the Bills and Jets fans because that was a stressful one. Question number four, the Elks picked up the win over the weekend against the Stampeders. How many wins will the Elks finish with this season of their five remaining games? So they're they're three and one in the, in their last four. So uh, good for them. And uh, they play, what, Saskatchewan, B.C., Montreal, Winnipeg, Toronto. So Winnipeg, yeah. Toronto, yeah. Uh, I will say they go two and three. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm here talking on a sports radio show to a bunch of fans that a lot of them are very passionate and I don't believe I'm qualified to answer this question, but because I don't want to add to the misery that the Elks fans have already had to go through for the most part. But they are three and one in their last four. And I want to be optimistic. I have no reason to be pessimistic. So I'm going to say they go three and two in their last five. A win over the Edmonton fan base here. OK, final question for you guys. Uh, singer and actor Harry Connick Jr. celebrates his birthday today. In honor of that, who is your favorite celebrity to dabble in both? Singing and acting. Ooh, TR, who is it? Well, I got two that come to mind. I mean, I, I got to say Dwight Yoakam because that would have been my pick uh, other than Elvis. I mean, okay, so first of all, Dwight Yoakam, Newton Boy, Sling Blade, Panic Room, Cry Macho. Those are my favorite movies that he's in. A lot of people probably don't even realize that. And I love his music. But he's a second to Elvis, who I mentioned last week. And I will correct myself. I said that in the only song he wrote was in the ghetto, and I was wrong. He loved that song. And uh, was a huge fan, and he uh, he took it up on his own, but he didn't write it. Uh, Mac Davis wrote it. That's the name. And he did partially write four songs, but Elvis wasn't really a writer. But he was an actor. My favorite movie is in Viva Las Vegas with Anne Margaret. He plays Lucky Jackson, a race car driver. My second favorite is Blue Hawaii. And, of course, Jailhouse Rock, where the legendary video comes from. He's the king. That's a good one. I, I am going to go... With a member of a band that uh, in my late teens, early 20s, I quite appreciated. Uh, he became a very good actor in uh, one of my favorite movies, Boys in the Hood. I'm going to go with Ice Cube. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, I was a big fan of NWA. And uh, you know what? His, the, just, like Ice Cube's voice is really, like it's, it's ideal whether he's singing. It's very unique. It stands out. And then uh, as an actor, fantastic. So I'm going with Ice Cube. Cons? Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with a guy who was a rapper as well and then kind of dabbled. I think he did both. Uh, two different names, though. Donald Glover when he's acting. He's in Community Atlanta. And then Childish Gambino when he raps. Ooh. So I'll, I'll go with uh, the, the combination. I there. thought you were going Will Smith when you started that. For oh, He was a rapper. That would have been a good one. Yeah, yeah. He's I a thought rapper about it. and a slapper. Mm -hmm. Kind of what he is. So. <laughs> Uh, Elvis, though, man, that's unreal. And it's, you know what, uh, Terry, I, I just want, just so people get a glimpse, Terry called me after the show on Thursday, said, hey, man, I'm really sorry. 
but uh, I misspoke about in the ghetto. And I'm like, dude, that's all right. But he was like, no, 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 I got to correct myself there. He didn't write that. And I don't want to put out falsehoods. So, uh, TR, I like your dedication to accuracy, which is, uh, well, which I is want quite nice. Re- if I want people to respect my opinions, I can't be sitting here slinging crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's true. It's very true. Uh, hey, there'll be uh, no crap slinging right now because uh, the con man is coming up with a sports 1440 update brought to you by Emmons and Kubota. Just like you, they're very excited to have Sports Talk back on the radio full-time on 1440. They're so excited that right now the Compact BX tractors on sale with 0% financing for 84 months. Go in-store or online at edmontonkubota.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.